Welcome to the Wittenberg Hour. Martin Luther said, At times, parents are actually somewhat worse than robbers because they nurture the bodies of their children but kill their souls. For it often happens that a child has a father who is worse than an ordinary murderer, and it would be better to have the child killed by a robber than to have it brought up by its father. Hello and welcome to the Wittenberg Hour, where we explore big questions and discuss that which endures by means of that which has endured that scholars may endure. My name is Jocelyn Benson, and I serve as head teacher of Wittenberg Academy. What role have fathers in the formation of their daughters? Why are fathers so uniquely important in the formation of their daughters? Why are fathers essential in preparing their daughters to be wives and mothers? The word father is a simple noun. It means one who begets a child. Yet, as we heard in the Luther quote at the beginning of this episode, a father is responsible not merely for the body of his children, he is also responsible for their souls. Fathers have a unique role in the lives of their children and contribute to their formation in ways that mothers cannot. In the Christmas term edition of the 96th Thesis, Miss Grace Reps wrote an article entitled Raising Your Daughters to Be Ladies, A Father's Role in His Daughter's Upbringing. Joining us today to discuss fathers raising daughters to be ladies is Miss Grace Reps. Grace, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's great to be back. Grace, both of us had the privilege to be raised by wonderful, godly fathers. Looking back, we can see how our fathers did and still do contribute to the ladies we are today. Now, in your article, you had the opportunity to interview your dad to gain his insight on several aspects of raising daughters to be ladies. Today, I'd like to go back through your interview and flesh out further the things you and your father pondered together. You start off by asking your dad, what was the most challenging part of raising daughters? One of the things your dad said in response to that question was that men see things in a different way than their wives. So sometimes that means making decisions that might not be popular with daughters or anyone else for that matter, perhaps. There are two things here that jumped out, at least to me. First, there's a difference between men and women. And second, there's a difference between fathers and mothers. These seem unpopular distinctions these days, but they're so important. Not only is it an unpopular distinction these days, but I think that it's kind of a concept that's being erased these days. And I just think this is so dangerous, especially with parents, because fathers have been given specific roles and mothers have been given specific roles and when we try to merge those two together we just end up with a muddy mess that <laughs> kind of leaves a mess behind for the kids and for the parents and for society as they take on these kids that haven't really learned their roles because their parents never learned their roles yeah that's a really important thing that Sometimes we overlook and we look around and 
we don't want to give the impression that any parents are perfect, right? You know, your dad is a sinner, my dad is a sinner, you know. So so we're we're dealing uh and 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 living and acknowledging the fact that uh that fathers are sinners, they're going to mess up. But even within that, it's okay to discuss the ideal and it's okay to discuss things that can be encouraging to other fathers. And what you just said there is such an important thing that when fathers and mothers, and I guess we're, we're dealing mostly with fathers today, so we'll pick on them the most, <laughs> but when we are considering fathers, if they didn't have a good model in their own father, and perhaps they didn't see their mother acting as a mother should and living out the God-given vocation that she had, when fathers and mothers fail to live within their God-given vocations, the fallout is numerous and it can be generational. And and certainly there are exceptions, right? I mean, by the grace of God, even some parents who had terrible models in their own parents end up being wonderful, godly parents. So, you know, we can't make these broad brush generalizations that, that just because parents did not live out their vocations that that children are going to fail as parents yet at the same time there are always going to be consequences if a father does not live up to and live out the vocation god has given him it is going to impact the fatherhood of his own children but this is why it's so incredibly important for fathers and mothers and per our discussion today for fathers to be grounded in God's word and to seek with all their might to live out the vocation as father that God has given him for the sake of his children now, for the sake of his daughters, for the sake of his sons, but also for the sake of his grandchildren, because the decisions and and impact that a father has doesn't just impact one generation. Yeah, if any of you get the chance to read the article, the interview between me and dad, he he mentions a couple times he's he's all about his grandkids, uh, my nephew and my niece. He'll he'll talk to you for hours about them. In the interview, he talks about how having grandkids is just a testament to raising your kids a certain way because you think about what happens if you're not faithful in raising your daughters in the faith, you end up with grandkids that you don't get to go to church with them and you don't get to 
see them in their Christmas pageant, Christmas program, saying what happened next, or in my nephew's case, whispering it, and you know, only the people in the front pew can hear it. There are consequences to neglecting your children's upbringing in the faith, but there's also a lot of benefits that you don't really think about until you're in my dad's position where you get to live out your life in faith with not only your kids, but with your grandkids too. Yeah, absolutely. The multi-generational impact of living out your vocation as a father begins when daughters are young. And girls model what they see in their mothers and the women around them. And we see this come out in their play. If you watch girls play house or whatever, play dolls, whatever you want to call it, you you see things come forward in the conversations they have with their dolls or the conversations the dolls have with one another through the daughter, uh, you know, all of, all of these things. And you asked your dad uh, specifically how fathers factor in when it comes to modeling and when it comes to play, you know, girls, we would think would, just focus on modeling their mothers and the other women they see around them. But you suggest that perhaps fathers have a role in that role playing as well. What did he have to say? He said, daughters look to their fathers as guidelines for what they look for in a potential husband, good or bad. And then I went on to ask him, so what sort of example would you say fathers should be setting as they serve as their daughter's guideline for a potential spouse? In other words, what kind of husband would you want for your daughters? His response was, Christ is the ultimate picture of the bridegroom. Christ loved the church by laying down his life for her. Husbands are to do the same every day in what we say, what we do, and the choices we make to protect and support our wives and families. I would say for me personally, my sisters and I played house like all day every day. If our mom wasn't making us do school, we'd be playing some sort of house. And it was always a fight to see who got to be the mom and who had to play the daughter. Nobody ever wanted to be the daughter, which... I mean, we were daughters, so it's just kind of funny. But there was always a father, and it's just it's just kind of funny how it works out that the father was always some sort of farmer. My dad's a farmer, and I think his words hold a lot of truth that dads just become your ideal of a husband without even thinking about it. And, I mean, they are your father figure, and they're showing you what men are supposed to be like and fathers hold a lot of power over their daughter's choices even if we don't like to admit it even if we're rebellious kids who say I'm absolutely not going to listen to my father yeah that's absolutely true and this would be the hope for parents, right? That even if there's this rebellious spirit that's going to go against what 
the parents say, you know, having that and holding that that firm line and always being the model of of truth and being the model of of what is right it does make an impact even if you don't see it perhaps right away maybe if you don't see it in the immediate and i really like what uh, that's kind of hilarious uh, how you and your sisters would fight over who got to be the mom that nobody wanted. Nobody wanted to be the daughter because, well, that's boring <laughs> to be the daughter. Um, but, you know, moms have the exciting life. Um, but it's interesting that, um, that, and I would, I would suspect, you know, if we did some research and we observed uh, all sorts of daughters, you know, playing house or whatever the case may be, that you would be able to, on some level, paint a picture of who their fathers were by how they play out in terms of, you know, you mentioned that the father was always a farmer, right? And so this is interesting because even though there wasn't a boy there, playing house with you guys, playing that father figure, that father figure still made an impact on the way that you guys interacted with one another. And the fact that your father was a provider and a protector, you know, that that played a significant role in how your mother figure played out in your in your play and how the daughters you know how they acted when you were playing so even on a play level it was such a mirror of of reality and such a testimony and a confession to the the reality of the impact that your father was having just by virtue of him being your father. He had such a big impact on our play, even though, I mean, we'd never actually have any boys playing with us. Well, there'd always be this idea that the dad's there, the dad's working, the dad's providing for the family, and the mom's there taking care of them while he's away. I mean, that idea of the dad being there didn't have to be there. I mean, we just, every time we choose to have a dad because that's what we knew to be right and that's that's what we grew up with and that's it just becomes normal to you and it's your normal way of life and that's a great thing so on some level you know fathers when they are present and when they are living out their vocations they actually make it easier for their daughters to play right because they're completing the picture and taking away the need for girls to fill it in themselves and that's actually an interesting thing because this could potentially play into what my dad's talking about when he said daughters look to their fathers as guidelines for what they look for in a potential husband good or bad so Potentially, we could say that these girls that don't have a father to fill that spot in their imagination 
or that do that aren't living in their vocation, they fill in the gap. And it's just interesting to think of the impact that not having a father or not having a father uh, fulfilling his vocations has on girls. And that's an interesting distinction that you made just now that, and Luther kind of hinted to this in that a father not being there and a father not fulfilling his vocation, neither of those are good. You know, neither of those are, are what God intended for children to experience. You know, Luther, uh, you know, as Luther uh, is, <laughs> you know, he kind of just says things uh, and, and doesn't mince words. But he, he says it would be better to have the child killed by a robber than to have it brought up by its father if that father is going to neglect the care of that child's soul, if that, chi- if that father only provides for the the child's physical well-being you know sometimes there might be a father that is you know for example um paying child support or something like that in in different situations and that father sure maybe he's caring for the physical needs of the child but what about the spiritual needs of that child that can only be met by the father you know the significance of this is is quite profound now though this is quite unpopular in our world today as me speaking as a woman saying that i don't envy the role of husbands and fathers, right? I mean, in our world today, there isn't supposed to be any difference. You know, I should, I should want to, uh, you know, do anything that my husband does. And, you know, I can be just as good of a father as, as my, as my husband is. Obviously that's poppycock. Um, but I don't envy the role of husbands and fathers. I mean, the pressure that, is on them is enormous. And as you wrote in your article, fathers have an enormous weight on their shoulders to be the head of the family, to promote a faithful and pious household, and to protect the innocence and imagination of their children. Your father gave some fantastic advice to fathers. What did he have to say in terms of dealing with this enormous weight that fathers carry? He said, first and foremost, marry a godly woman. The hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. There's a reason the world hates the God-given vocation of a woman to be a mother. But just as important as this is finding a Bible-believing church and attending that church. If the father doesn't find church important enough to go to, you can bet his children will not find it important either. Despite what the world says, fathers do play an important role in the choices their children make. Teach your children the Lord's Prayer, the Ten Commandments, the creeds, and marrying a godly woman will make this a lot easier as you will have a partner in this teaching. 
The only treasure we take with us to heaven is our brothers and sisters in Christ, our children and our grandchildren. All the rest is a waste of time. So get out of bed or turn off the TV, get your suit on, and take your family to church. Now, it's it's fantastic. I mean, you did such a good job interviewing your dad. And I know your dad. And so when I hear you read those words, I hear your dad's voice. <laughs> saying saying that exact thing and it's so true i mean and that's one of the things that i that i love about your dad i mean he just says things as they are you know he doesn't beat around the bush he's you know he just he just says it and that is just phenomenal but what i hear your dad saying in that is have your priorities in line because if you don't have your priorities in line, things are going to get messed up very quickly. Yes, this is when I when he first said this to me, I I just had to laugh a little because this is so my dad. I, you know, he just he likes Martin Luther a lot, and it makes sense to me because they're they're pretty similar in their no filter saying what they mean, and you gotta love him for that. Um, my dad has always been very very faithful in his taking us to church and making sure that we're being catechized. And I, it's just like my dad to first start with saying, first and foremost, marry a godly woman. He's, he's always been such a good husband to my mom. And I would say he makes a good point that marrying a godly woman is a big part of it because especially for my dad, a farmer. He was gone most of the day farming, and he had my mom to help with the catechizing. But yes, he was also very faithful in coming home, making sure we knew all of our commandments and creeds. And it's just, when you set that as the foundation of your daily life in the household, it becomes your foundation for life once you're out of the household and it really sets your worldview into perspective, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And that foundation, you mentioned that, that foundation, obviously, it kind of goes without saying, we would think, you know, in our world, it goes without saying, but it's worth saying because of the world in which we live, that fathers should be husbands first, that they should get married first before they have children, and that that is the foundation that sets them up for success in terms of being fathers. So get married, marry a godly woman, and have children with her is what I hear your father saying. Would would that be an accurate statement? Yes, I, I think so. Have children with her and then take your children to church. <laughs> that pretty much sums it up. Well, we're done for today, folks. No, we're, we're going to keep going. But absolutely, as you continued on in your interview, you definitely didn't throw your dad any softball questions. You said... In biblical times, women rejoiced at their vocations as wives and mothers and wept when their children or ability to have children were taken from them. 
Now, today, women are being pressured to be men, to reject their vocations as mother and wife, to join the workforce, to think that, quote unquote, men are trouble and, quote unquote, women don't need men. And Lord have mercy to slaughter God's most precious gift, their baby, in the name of choice and convenience. In a world where girls are encouraged to be anything but a lady, how do you as a father push back against the world to show your daughters that being a lady is good and God-pleasing? That's what you asked your father. How did he respond? He said, I think we fight against this by treating their mothers and other women, for that matter, like ladies. Uplift and encourage mothers in their vocations. Show your daughters that life is precious and motherhood is precious. The little ones in their care are the future, just as the little ladies and gentlemen in our care now are the future. I think that what my dad's saying here is basically you can't change the world. The world is at this very strange place, very sinful place, nothing's new under the sun, where being a lady is in the world's eyes just strange like why would you want to be a lady why would you want to stay at home and be with your kids instead of going out and getting a job and pretending to be a man essentially and I think my dad's point is showing your daughters that being a lady isn't weird and it's it's not strange the way the world would make you think it's not selfish as the world would make you think. And the way that we combat against this is making sure that your daughters know that being a lady is a good thing and being a mom is a good thing. And like I said before, my dad was is very, very strict about respecting your mother and respecting the vocation of mother. And I think that this is just an important aspect of being a father is making sure that your daughters know that being a lady is what God made us, and it's a good and God-pleasing thing when we live up to our vocations as ladies. I love how you pointed out that fathers can make being a lady a normal thing. You know, when we're growing up, we tend to think or at least I tended to think that everyone else's life was like my life, right? You know, and, and so fathers have a big place in that, you know, it, it's possible that not everyone around you, it's, in fact, it's, it's most likely that everyone living around you isn't like you. But to your dad's point, you know, if you are taking your kids to church, if you're taking your daughters to church, if if you've married a godly wife, chances are your godly wife is going to spend time with other godly women and the the church that you go to is going to have wonderful examples, Lord willing, of godly women for your daughters to observe in their little world they're going to think that that's normal. And you br- you brought up earlier this idea of of protecting 
of fathers protecting their daughter's innocence and imagination. And I think that that's part of it, that by doing all of those things that your father has suggested, that the very reality of being surrounded by like-minded families, right, that that does protect a daughter's innocence and imagination because of that very thing that you pointed out, that that is then normal. And when normal is established, right, having meals together, having devotions as a family, when when all of these things are just a normal part of a daughter's upbringing, she is going to bring that with her own husband to the next generation, right? I mean, it's just... I. In our conversation here, I'm having a hard time sticking to one generation because it's so, you know, it it impacts so much, you know, and even, even before we are married, right, the, it impacts the people that we choose to spend our time with, you know, as, as young, as young ladies and ladies before we are married that we are going to surround ourselves with other women that are like-minded that are living that same normal that that we are living even as we are encouraging those around us uh to live that normal God-pleasing life. Now, speaking of normal, normally we might think it is a mother's job to teach her daughters to be ladies. Yet, in your next question to your father, you suggest that fathers also play an integral role in teaching and encouraging daughters to be ladies. What did your father have to say about that? He answered me by saying, by treating their mother like a lady so they see what the relationship between ladies and gentlemen should look like, by teaching them about ladies in the Bible who set good examples, and ultimately by catechizing them and keeping them grounded in God's word. So these things that fathers do, that fathers do for their children in general, and that fathers do for their daughters in particular, number one, catechizing them in the truth, right? That the truth allows them to see the ideal, keeping in mind, of course, that even the women in the Bible were sinners, right? And so part of of living in that ideal is realizing that we are sinners in need of a savior, that we are forgiven, you know, that we are going to mess up. But in fathers keeping their children steeped in God's word, that the truth of scripture is going to be their normal. And they're going to seek out that normal that when it's part of their lives you know thinking about deuteronomy 6 
that it's not something that they just do when they go to to church and then all of the other days of the week and the other hours on Sunday, it's just a free-for-all, but that this is a normal part of life, that the catechetical life is life, and there's not the catechetical life and then everything else, that everything you had brought up worldview earlier, that this is just the lens through which we view life. And this is an important thing because the way a father views the world is going to impact the way his daughters view the world. And your father brought up multiple times the importance of a godly wife. And obviously his daughters, his desire for them, Lord willing, is to be godly wives. But in the meantime, and in the the reality, regardless of where they are, regardless of his daughter's age, he wants her to view the world through the lens of scripture and not through the lens of the world. And in order for that to happen, being in the word has to be a normal part of life so that her normal impacts multiple generations. It's not a bad thing thinking back to your father saying, okay, in in response to fathers playing a role in teaching and encouraging daughters to be ladies, daughters don't get to see their mothers be ladies unless their fathers treat them like ladies. You know, and so fathers in order to treat their wives like ladies need to be gentlemen. And so a father opening the door for his wife and his daughters, for example, I mean, that's a very small thing, but, but it says a lot, right? When they sit down to eat, for example, you know, a father waiting until the mother is seated to pray and begin the meal you know these these sorts of things these these ways that that fathers honor mothers it it creates an expectation for ladies as they are becoming ladies to expect men to be gentlemen and if men aren't going to be gentlemen then maybe they aren't worth her time right you know and and so this is the thing right the way that we act and interact is going to contribute to the formation of those who are around us and so a father being a gentleman impacts the lives of his daughters as they are being formed into ladies and these ladies acting like ladies is going to impact the young men around her and encourage them to be gentlemen so that then when they are fathers themselves, that is a normal. I mean, it just, if you stop to think about the impact of one father doing his job 
in raising his daughters to be ladies, that impact is just exponential. It's incredible to ponder. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it. I've seen the impact myself in my own family with my sister. She's now married to a pastor and we like to joke that he's kind of <laughs> he's kind of my dad's mini me sort of. <laughs> um he's <laughs> If you knew my brother lied, you knew my dad. You'd see you'd see the similarities in just the way they act and the way they I they're both gentlemen. <laughs> Let's just say that. They're both gentlemen and I've seen the impact that fathers being good role models for their daughter's husbands. I've seen if my dad had not taught my sister how to be a lady, just thinking back to what you were saying about how this is all kind of just a big, all of, all of our vocations affect each other, right? So when dads are gentlemen, they teach their daughters to be ladies. And when moms are ladies, they teach their daughters to be ladies. And ladies teach men around them how to be gentlemen. I've seen the impact of this in my sister's choice and husband. I've seen it in how they, they raise my, my niece and my nephew. It's just incredible how living up to your vocations affects your family. It affects your neighbors around you. And it's really just a testament to how God has set the family up to be. Yeah, absolutely. That's, it's such a profound thing to ponder. And, you know, I think good dads are pretty unassuming about themselves. You know, they don't go around telling everyone how great a dad they are. <laughs> you know, I, I think about, um, I think about my dad and, you know, he's a very humble man and, you know, the, the choices and the decisions that he made throughout that, that he and my mom made, but you know, that, that he made as we were growing up you know, those decisions, the priorities that he had, those made an impact. You know, I remember in the summer when I was in high school, I think, I think it was when I was in high school, things kind of start to, to blend together. Um, but my dad and I would get up early in the morning and we would do a Bible study together before he went to work. You know, I mean, he could have, you know, done this, that, or any other thing in that time. He could have slept longer or whatever the case may be. But he saw that I had that desire to study God's word intently. And and he really took the time and made it a priority to foster that. And, and he didn't tell anyone, you know, so, by the way, I'm, you know, getting extra dad points these days. My daughter and I are doing a Bible study in the morning. My dad doesn't have an accent like that, so I don't know why I'm giving him that accent. But, you know, so, but but it was just an unassuming thing. It was, it was well, of course I'm going to do this. Of course I'm going to make this a priority, you know. And that's, I think, 
a testimony as well is that, you know, doing the right thing and living out your vocations, it's not a glamorous thing. It's not something that you are going to, you know, get extra lines on your resume or get extra gold stars, uh, you know, when you are standing in city square or whatever. It's one of those things that fathers do because it's the right thing to do. And their reward, and scripture talks about this, but their reward is in the the fruit of their labor, right? I mean, they see that the Psalms talks about this, the Proverbs uh, talks about this, and, you know, that the impact that a father makes, he doesn't always get the accolades, but the impact of what he has done still resonates generation to generation. You know, I I see that uh, with my own husband, for example, you know, him reading to our children, him catechizing our children, you know, all of these things that he does just because it's the right thing to do and because he loves doing it, these things are forming our children and are going to impact, Lord willing, their children. And this is what fathers do. You know, your dad didn't do all of the things that he did in forming you to be a lady. My dad didn't do all of the things that he did informing me to be a lady because they wanted accolades and they wanted a pat on the back. They did them because that's what God had called them to do. You closed out your interview soliciting advice for new or soon-to-be fathers of daughters. What did your father have to say to new fathers? Protect your daughter like a lion. Teach her that she is important and that she deserves respect and others deserve respect from her. You will make mistakes. After all, we fathers are sinners in need of God's grace. Be a man. Admit when you make mistakes. Ask for forgiveness from your daughter. Ask for forgiveness from your wife in front of your daughter. Above all, love your daughters. They need that assurance from their fathers that they are loved. Your daughter will look for a husband who is like you, good or bad. That is the weight we carry as fathers of daughters. Do it right and you will be blessed with good men as son-in-laws and Lord willing, you will be blessed with grandchildren. My cup overflows. I think that just about sums it up. Grace, thank you for joining us today and thank you for sharing your father with us (laughs) through your interview of him. It was so encouraging and uplifting And I'm confident his words will continue to ring true from generation to generation. Well, thank you for having me. I'm always happy to share my dad's wisdom. (laughs) Thank you for joining us today for the Wittenberg Hour. Be sure to subscribe to the Wittenberg Hour so as to not miss an episode. If you would like to learn more about Wittenberg Academy, please visit our website at wittenbergacademy.org. You can like and follow Wittenberg Academy on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Join us again next time on the Wittenberg Hour.